on the note of uh, getting sucked by strangers. <laughs> no, just Campbell. She's all camp involved. Hello and welcome back to the Last Call podcast. My name is Jamal, and I'm joined on his Michael Jordan flu game. Ash Hetherington, how's the ankle? <laughs> um. I think that's an insult to me comparing it to the Michael Jordan flu game. I'm in far worse shape. Ah, well, we did find out it was food poisoning, so it it really dampens the uh, the influence of the flu game. Well, yeah, it's still got a lot of prominence in the Last Dance, of course, because MJ produced it. But yeah, uh, well, how how is the ankle? Give give the listener a rundown. Um, we're getting back to full strength. We're what is it now, Monday? So we're almost, we're about 50 hours post-injury. Um, the bruising's gone down. The swelling's gone down. Um, haven't yet been able to exercise on it, though. That is the plan for tomorrow to go for a run on it. So mm. we shall see what happens. So I assume you were chasing down a, a robber who stole someone's uh, handbag and he just turned real quick on the corner and just uh, a sack of rice on the way down. It was actually far more heroic than that. Mm. I um, was chasing a cricket ball down a slight embankment. <laughs> embankment. Um, yes, was, was sitting on the, the front of the car and a six was hit just past me. And I went to get it and throw it back like the good bloke I am. And down the, the uneven grassy knoll that is exists between uh, the, the street and the car park at the Western Oval. Oh. My ankle went out from under me. I almost tripped over. I managed to save face and keep my feet, retrieve the ball, throw it back, throw it back to the fieldsman, then limp back to my post on the car. Is wait the Western Oval? Is that like where you've got the fence, like the metal fence, and then like that weird gutter, and then the rest of the like grass behind it? Is that what I'm thinking of? Like Are in- you thinking of the City Oval? Maybe. Yeah, the Western Oval's the Junior Oval. It's oh, like Dana Street. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which used to be one of the worst ovals in Ballarat, but it has been done up quite nice now. Oh, mate, that place used to be a fucking pigsty. That used to just be mud. It was, yeah. It was just black in the winter. Um, whew, play, yeah, playing Redan away, never a good time. My 50th game at the Western Oval. Uh, did you get the banner? I did get the little banner, ran through it, got the photo. Didn't get a kick, but got the photo. Didn't get a kick. How many games did you end up playing? Oh, more than 100. That's all I know. They stopped counting after that. Yeah, no, I remember I got to 73. And then the the lure of umpiring took you. Yeah, it was the uh, need to be just yelled all the time. Yeah. Not Sadly, yeah, true. Not respected. The opposite of respected, but mm. listened to. Yeah. I just wanted to be the center of attention, you know? Yeah. I wasn't getting the line and a half back. Sadly, they never let us play in bright orange and carry a whistle when we were playing for Mount Clear. Yeah, that's true. But they did for East Ballarat. I don't know. There's a joke there somewhere. Oh, maybe North. Dali can do what they like. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> Get your shins fucking kicked out of Dali. I um I'll never forget the the prelim final I played at Dali when I got abused by a mum. 
one of the Dali players' mums. That's so rough. It was, it was, it was a quite explicit sexual sledge that will not be repeated, but it, it was, it lived on an infamy. Jokes. You do hate to see it. Um, well, enough about, you know, recalling our glory years as what? Under the 12 reserves captain. Yeah, the, <laughs> our under 12s heroic tales. Um, we got a bit of cricket, well, don't we? All I'll, all I'll say about the, the ankle is the word heroic gets thrown around a lot. Um, usually it's not apt. In this case, it's probably an un- understatement. Absolutely is. No, it, if there's more than heroic, it goes, you know, our. <clears throat> public servants, you know, the people who volunteer to charities and shit. And then you've got people who feed the homeless and then Ash trying Me. to follow the West Noble. Yeah. And then the combination of Richie Benno and Tony Gregg. Yeah. And speaking of. I mean, I don't know. If, are we speaking of Richie Benno today? Um... I've got no. I mean, we, we I got no recent Richie Benno news. So there's probably a uh, a reason we, we could get him in somewhere. Is is Bruce McAvaney the most iconic sports commentator since Richie Benno? Following on from Bruce's retirement yesterday, I'd probably say yes. Um, definitely the oldest. <laughs> I think it's one of those. Ian, Ian, Ian Chappell's 470 years old. Let's not forget. Yeah, but. Bruce is, I actually uh, kind of like Bruce. And that's that's the thing. I'm just like, is um, Bruce one of those people where you just like, you remember the good times and you don't remember the fact that he just, you know, doesn't know anyone's name. Salivated every time Cyril came on screen. Oh, mate. He, he'd take a cold shower every time. Oh, he's special, isn't he? Delicious. I'm like, ooh. Keep it in your pants. But no, he's he's probably one of the most iconic Australian... Uh, he's probably up there in the most um, iconic Australian broadcasters ever. Just the range... Probably, you know. with, probably with Richie Benno, I would say. Yeah, because he had the range of um, football. He had the racing. He had... What else did he do? Olympics. Big on the Olympics. Yeah. So, like, you know, versatile. Everyone knew him, for good or bad. And- Tennis for a while was big into his tennis, Bruce. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, yeah. Oh, when the AFL posted it, I'm like, Bruce just died. Like it's been special, Bruce. I'm like, oh my god, did he die? He he died to AFL fans. Yeah, I was like, way to way to start off my march. Um, March best month of the year. That's true. Forty yeah. se- forty season starts. Well, you turn. It's still you- nice. I turned 23. That's true. A young man. A young, young man. Sadly, in the words of Blink-182, no one likes you when you're 23. I know. I've had eight months of it, and uh, everyone's just looked sideways at me. So. <laughs> hey, girls want to suck your thumb in the nightclub. I wouldn't, yeah. be, I wouldn't I, be too upset. I, I, don't, I think it was more of just a... a a, uh, a hand to suck rather than, you know, me as a person. I'm just sick of being object. No, I'm, we're not going down that road. 
<laughs> D20 you certainly cricket. see me for my hands. T20 cricket. Um, what do you got? I didn't get to watch it. I was, uh, <laughs> nope, not going to say that. I was at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a, another wonderful game in the prime time of midday Thursday. Was it a barnstormer? It looked like a barnstormer. It, what it was was a postage stamp, the ground. Yeah. Um, it, it was absolutely tiny. Having said that, New Zealand did uh, start in quite swashbuckling fashion. Oof. Martin Guptill, uh, who had been quite out of form, had an injury cloud coming into the series, a lazy 97 off 50 balls, including six fours and eight sixes. Jeez, that's a fair shout. Kane Williamson went at a very pedestrian strike rate of 151 for his 53. Uh, Jimmy Neesham ended on 45 not out off 16 balls. He hit one four and six sixes, including his first three balls for six. Jeez, who caught the brunt of that over? He was 18, he was 18 off three. Um, who did he hit for six? Uh, I reckon... Just off the top of my head, I'm, I reckon one of them might have been Sam's and two of them Zampa, maybe. Jeez. Oh no, no, it might have been two Stoinis and one Sam's. I'm not sure. But oh, Stoinis um, got knocked for 17 off his one over. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he had five go off his first four balls and then got hit for two sixes. Yeah, Jesus. Um. Yeah, then Australia actually fought back quite well. So. Um, when uh, Kane Williamson went out, they were th- three for 173 off 15.5. Mm. Um, and I mean, the ball before that, obviously they were two for 173 with 4.2 overs to go. Williamson and Nation in that looked like they could make 240. So um, Australia actually fought that quite well, restricted them, restricted to 219, um, which does seem an absurdly large number given that Australia needed 11 and over, but on that ground, it was more than attainable. Yeah. Um, and then Australia actually started reasonably well, uh, give, especially given their recent batting woes. Um, they got to none for 34 in the fourth over before Matthew Wade fell um, to Tim Southey. Aaron Finch really struggled, really battled for his 12 or 14. Um, eventually got out, caught on the boundary line, trying to slog. Josh Philippi, Josh, yeah, Josh Philippi looked really good, 45 off 32. Um, looked like he belonged at the level after his failure in the first match. Uh, Glenn Maxwell got caught at short third man reverse sweeping, his fifth ball. Hate to say it. Um, and at this, at that stage when Maxwell went out, the Aussies were three for eighty-seven after ten point one still needed. That's at one hundred and twenty-four, one hundred twenty-three to win off nine point five overs. It looked they looked gone for all money, but then um, the Hulk strode to the crease. Big Marcus Stoinis. A Stoin. Uh, Philippi fell soon after. 
Oh no, that's right. So the after twelve overs, Australia were about three for hundred and ten. Mm. Mitch Santner bowled the thirteenth over and took three for one. Jesus Lord. He Great got Philippi out Philippi out caught by Conway. Then Ashton Agar came in, made a golden duck. Mitch Marsh came in, made a golden duck, caught behind. Uh, and Australia slumped to six for 113 off 13 overs, still needing 107 off seven. And all the smart money was on New Zealand, obviously. As it should be. Um, so what, the Stoinis went bonkers. Stoinis and Dan- Daniel Sams came together for a partnership of 92 off 6.1 overs. Uh, Stoinis 41 off 15. Jesus Christ. Sam's 41 off 15. Stoinis 78 off 37. And it got to the stage in the last couple of overs where uh, Australia actually looked favourites. Hmm. Sam's and Stoinis were going. Um, didn't look like New Zealand could stop them. But uh, Trent Bolt bought a really good over the third last over of the innings, I think it was, went for maybe six. So I think I think they needed thirty six off three, yeah, and bolt bowling over that went for what's that one two three four five six yeah, mm. um, which really wrestled the momentum back. Then Tim Southey bowled the, the next one, which went for fifteen. Um, so Australia needed fifteen off the last over. Um, and the ball was thrown to Jimmy Neesham, the part-time medium pacer that hadn't bowled yet. Because um, the only one of the frontline bowlers that still had an over was the leg spinner who had gone for some stick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so needed 15 off the last one. Daniel Sams was on strike and he got um, a full toss, knee-high full toss, whacked it to- over towards mid-wicket, looked like it was going to be six. Game was almost all over and it fell two metres short. He holed out. Ouch. Caught on the boundary line. Um, they managed to cross Stoinis. Uh, next ball went down just down the leg side, but wasn't called a wide because Stoinis moved across. Third ball, still needing 15. Stoinis hits the ball to long on. Uh, easy single calls no. Doesn't run. Hit the next. Still needed 15 off three. He hit the next ball for six. Mm. Um, then the fifth ball, another length ball, just in the slot, tried to whack it over mid on again, caught on the boundary line. So, yeah, it was it was an incredible effort and very, very close. So Jimmy Nation, man of the match, yeah? Well, no, but he did have a very good match, took the two very important wickets and was incredible with the bats. So. Yeah, 40, 45 of 16 and Tufa at the death. Jimmy Neesham, get him uh, in the IPL for $25 million. Uh, <laughs> he, I'm not sure he's $25 million, but I reckon he's on a fair contract over in the IPL, Jimmy Neesham, yeah. Yeah, good for him. Um, right, some talk, not that I watched it, but just some talking points. Um, and we're going to start with your boy, um, Glenn Maxwell. What's going wrong? The big show, yeah. Well, yeah, well, he's probably just lacking a little bit of form. Having said that, I mean, 
as we spoke about last week. His dismissal in the first match, he got caught at second slip. Which just um, doesn't happen. And he he was about a millimetre away from getting away with his reverse sweep in the second one. Ish Sodi, who's not known for his fielding ath- athletic ability, mm. um, dove away and take, took a great catch running back at short third man. So... Look, he's been unlucky in been unlucky in some ways, but yeah, he's definitely not in the great touch that he's capable of, and that he was in yeah. at the start of the summer when he was dominating India, and then dominated the start of the Big Bash. Yeah, no fair. Um, and Aaron Finch, another meh game. Is, what a what yeah, a no, it, rate of eighty. It's, it's worse than a meh game. It's uh, he looks completely and utterly mentally shot. I think sadly. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, the selectors did come out this week um, and unequivocally back him for the World Cup, said he will be the captain at the World Cup. Oh. Uh, He's not getting dropped, so. Big call. When's the World Cup's at the end of the year, yeah? October, yeah. Jeez, I was like, we're still, what, five months out from that? Nope. Yeah, seven. but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many games we've got between now and then, though, so. Yeah, it's um, fair, but, like, if he if he stinks up the rest of the series, like, then you're just backing in. And at, at the end of the day, that's not good for Finch either. No, no, it's awful for Finch. He's clearly really struggling with it. Um, I think, to be honest, I think a few months away will really help him. It'll mentally recharge him. And then I would assume there'll be a bunch of practice games before the, that World Cup. So yeah. I think he'll be able to show that he's in form. Um, and if he's not, then they've got that call to make. But he'll clearly be in the squad headed to India, named captain. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we all know how good he is when he's in form. Um, yeah, that's true. Destructive, especially on those small Indian grounds. Plays spin really well. Yeah. Um, well, unless you've got anything else on... You got anything else on... The T20? Um, I don't think so. Probably um, Daniel Sam's showing once again that he's probably solidified in that T20 side now, I would think. Is it deep um, batter? Like, is he an all-rounder? He's definitely an all-rounder, yeah. I was like, why is he batting at eight? Well, because Australia are blessed with... You look at that middle order, like, Glenn Maxwell could be an all-rounder. He doesn't bowl enough probably to be classified as an all-rounder, but... Can be throwing the ball. Stoinis is a genuine all-rounder. Ashton Agar is a genuine all-rounder. Mitch Marsh is a genuine all-rounder, as is Daniel Sams. So, yeah, that's really handy to have through that middle order because it gives you great depth, both batting-wise and bowling-wise. Yeah. Well, and we did see um, last week, was it last week or mon- what was the last game? Monday. Yeah, Monday, I think. Um, Kane Richardson had a bit of a meh game, but he came back with three wickets. Was it actually a good three-wicket performance or was it a uh, Jimmy Nation two-wicket performance? No, it was all right. He um, His first ball, he got Tom Seaford out, caught at cover. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, managed to get a couple of wickets. Like, it was right at the end of the innings when blokes were slogging. Yeah, um, Con- Conway had faced three balls and it was Santa's first ball. So, yeah, I mean... It, yeah, you could call them junk time wickets, but he's still got the wickets. I mean, the yeah. stat sheet doesn't doesn't discriminate between when you get your wickets. So. Uh, you got to get them out at some point. Um, 
are we looking into any rotation at all? I, I say this every game, but like, I don't know. What did what did Agar do last week? Um, yeah, not much. He, uh, I mean, he made a golden duck with the bat. Um, and then with the ball, opened the bowling, but only bowled three overs. Um, went for 30, which doesn't seem a very good economy rate, but was the second best economy rate of all the bowlers on that really small ground. I was like, what, what, I, I know it was a small ground, but what flies for a good economy rate? Because when you were just like, yeah, Trent bowled, you know, bowled an over for six, I'm like, six? Yeah, well, I think that's that's it, though. Like, it's all situation-based. Because, I mean, if you're bowling the last over and they need 22, mm. then going for going for 20 is a good result in that situation, right? Um, so, yeah. I, and I think you analyse it in terms of the overall score. Like, New Zealand went at 11 and over for their innings. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. All, all, all of the bowlers bar Jai Richardson went at at least 10 and over. And even Richardson went at 9.75. So it was a, an expensive day for all the bowlers. Ah, well, that's what happens when they clock up almost 220. Speaking of expensive days for bowlers, your man, big Carl Jameson. What do you go for? Four, four overs, none for 56. Woof. At 14 and over. At one stage, he had bowled zero balls. For six. What was it a, a no ball six? Five no balls and then a wide. Yikes. That's it. That is tough. But I'm looking at his stats and he did bowl six dot balls. So take that. He did punt. indeed. <laughs> um, he struggled. He, To be honest, he looked like a guy that was under pressure and a guy that might have been struggling with the pressure of just being sold for almost $3 million. It was $3 million. Whoa. No, it was, it was like 2.75, I think, but nearly $3 million. 2.8 it might have been. Oh, you did nothing with the bat either. Zero off zero balls? Come on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Paul <laughs> with the bat. Paul with the bat. Oh, mate, he was out there for a minute. Didn't do anything. You hate to say it. Not my man, Kyle mm. Jameson. Nah. Um, but yeah, no, it should be a good rest of the series. In terms of rotation, I I don't know. It'll depend how the players are feeling, but they've had a big break between the last game and the next game. So Yeah, when is it? Um, uh, Wednesday, I think. Um, all the game. So I think Wednesday's game was supposed to be in Auckland, but it's been moved to Wellington. Because Auckland. Auckland's gone into lockdown. Um, so all the all the games will be in Wellington for the rest. Uh, yeah, rotation. I don't see any of the top five getting rotated. Probably, maybe one or two of the bowlers. But um, I could see Kane Richardson having a rest and Meredith stepping up. Maybe. Yeah, I just want him to fang some one fifties at someone's feet. That's all I want to say. Um, having said that, bowlers that are that quick are very dangerous on small grounds like that because just little edges fly for six and stuff. Sean Tate used to have that problem. Uh, oh, good old Sean Tate. Yeah, well, that's the problem. You know, you could just... <laughs> He's on the defense. Oh, and it's flown off for six. And that's... Uh, yeah, and that's just Newton's, what, third law? You're the physicist. Ah, oh, mate. Ellie. 
I just turned up to my lecture this morning. I was very surprised. You know what time I got up? 9.30 lecture? 7? 9.28. Love that uni from home life. Yeah. I I woke up. Uh, <laughs> I literally woke up, got my clothes, Rolled over. Walked over to my chair and just sat here. It was amazing. Sounds uh, like the dream. Yeah, look. And... I probably should have stayed in bed because good God, that lecture was painful. Um, can we talk about England, India? Oh, we're done with physics. Okay. I guess we can get back to India. I guess we can get back to cricket. I think we're done with physics, but what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome to Ahmedabad. Brand new 110,000 seat stadium. You can have two days of test cricket. That's it. You get refunded. Yeah. That. <laughs> if you bought tickets to day three, you would. Yeah. That's stiff as. Stiff for the TV networks, probably that paid for the rights and were expecting five days of ads. Yeah, that's true. But Axar Patel had different ideas. Axar Patel, the destroyer in his second test. Um, Is that just so, a yeah. thing? Is that a thing? India just bringing in dudes that I've never heard before and then they just go absolutely in the first couple of tests? It's probably an indication of their incredible depth at first-class depth and why they're starting to sort of dominate world cricket again. Like they've, they've beaten Australia in Australia two series in a row now. They're giving England a bath. Um, they're not dominant, but they're always right up the top in limited overs cricket, T20 and one days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, England won the toss and elected to collapse. <laughs> Dom Sibley opened with Crawley. Sibley made a duck. Johnny Bairstow came in at number three. In his return to the test side, made a duck. Uh, Joe Root put up a bit of fight, 17. Stokes, six. Pope, one. Um, and yeah, the writing was on the wall at... Well, the writing on was on the wall the whole innings, but the fall of wickets went 2, 27, 74, 80, 81, 81, 93, 98, 105, 112. So, um, is it middle to lower? Is that just what it is? Was the pitch just, you know, spitting off sideways? Yeah. So, what it was is. Uh, it wasn't so much the fact that it was spinning big. It was the fact that some were spinning big and some weren't. So some would explode off the pitch and turn at right angles, warny style. And then some would just go through like one of your off spinners, just straight through. So it was very difficult for the batsman to know how much it was going to turn. My off spinners were so bad. They went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> By other way, do you mean straight back over your head? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, they did the John Howard three bounce. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, things are looking really good for India. Bowled out in 48.4 overs, so that's before lunch, uh, before the dinner break. Um, and, yeah. and India came out, looked to be going pretty well. Lost their first week at 33 and another at 34, but then got to... Three for 98 when Coley got out. Um, 
looked like they were going all right. Rohit Sharma was still in and going well. Ajinkya Rahane was coming in. They still had lots of batting to come. Ashwin was still to come, who made 100 in the last test. Um, oh, he's made five test centuries now. He has five more than his mate Tim Payne. <laughs> I'll say they'll fucking tell you about it, I swear. Um, what the Indian order did not anticipate, however, was uh, Joe Root throwing himself the ball. I'm just looking at stats right now, and it is outrageous. Normally, I would be up in arms about any test innings where Jack Leach takes four wickets because he can't bowl, so that's extraordinary. What does he bowl other than badly, apparently? Uh, uh, off spin, left arm off spin, maybe? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Joe Root, though, bowled 38 balls. He bowled three maidens in his 6.2 overs. Went for eight runs and took five wickets. That's, that's me on cricket 19 level. Good. Um, yes. The, the batting card below Coley reads 7, 1, 17, duck, duck, 10, 1. Oh, oh, mate, that must be an absolute nightmare to bat on. Yes, so that's one hell of a collapse. And it w- it's not too often that you make 145 and have a first innings lead of 33, but that's what we got here. And then England would just like, hold my beer by the looks. <laughs> England England were very kind in reply. <laughs> Zach, Zach Crawley faced the first ball of the second innings, decided he'd just get bowled. First ball. First ball innings. Johnny Bairstow walked out at number three on a pair in his return, having made a duck in the first innings. He managed to do better than Crawley. He lasted through his first ball, then got bowled second ball. Um, So after three balls, England were two for none. Effectively two two for negative 33 because they were 33 behind. Yeah. Um, then Sibley put up a little bit of a fight, but was out for seven. Joe Root battled away, could have been out a couple of times with questionable DRS decisions and really close calls. Ben Stokes decided the uh, the best course of action was to slog, so he had a bit of a dip, made twenty five off thirty four. Mm. But then from then on out, Pope looked all at sea. Folks struggled. Archer was out second ball. Jack Leach was out for nine. Anderson made a duck. Broad made one. Um, all out for 81. Yikes. And then after the dinner break on day two, India came out and chased the 49 they needed in 7.4 overs. Losing no wickets. I they just went for it, eh? Perhaps the most egregious part of the entire test. Joe Root opened the bowling in the second innings. It, it is funny looking at all the scorecards, the progression of um, like fast bowlers opening the bowling and um, like all the uh, English fast bowlers got a good, <clears throat> got a good run, but then they just realized spin worked. And you just see, you know, Jack Leach getting 20 overs. Um, I don't, none of the fast bowlers got a run out in um, 
England's innings, uh, the second innings, like Patel, Ashwin. I think Sundar's a spinner, isn't he? Yep, bowled four balls. Yeah, should have had it. Should have had a wicket with his first ball, but they didn't review it. And then yeah, you've got Leach and Root. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it is just insane. So playing in the match, fast bowler wise, you had Jasprit Bumrah, Ishant Sharma, James Anderson, Stuart Broad, Jofra Archer. Not one of them bowled a ball in the second innings. I was going to say that oh, Boomer is probably best, one of the better fast bowlers in the last five years. Jimmy Anderson's a legend. Archer's a um, is he a, uh, uh, Archer's the next generation. Yeah, Stewie Broad's a legend. Um, Ishan Shan was in his hundredth test. Yeah, didn't get a ball. Unreal, mate. I might get some spin off that pitch. You you could have. <laughs> it was like, like it was frightening to watch that England collapse on day two. I was sitting up watching it. It was approaching midnight. I wanted to go to bed and I thought, this is just engrossing test cricket because it's just so, so difficult for the batsman. It is fun watching England collapse though. It is. Nothing. Um, and the, the pitch has come in for a lot of flack in the media, especially from um, upset English commentators and ex-players. Michael Vaughan's given it a fair whack on Twitter. But um, as Nathan Lyon said, I, I don't ha- really have a problem with those really difficult to bat on pitches. Yeah, because he's a bowl. Um, and he, there's about a Gary on that pitch. Yeah, but, but I mean, as he said, like there's pitches in South Africa and England sometimes and... Um, Tassie and places, New Zealand, where it, it seems around a lot and sides get bowled out for 40 or 50 or 60. Yeah. And nobody really bats an eye. But as soon as it spins heaps, it's a disgrace. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure in a test in England a couple of years ago, Ireland bowled England out for 60-odd. I mean, a pitch is a pitch. Like, obviously, you can control it to some point. But I feel like at least over half of it's up to, like, nature. No? yeah it's a bit nature but also you can curate it one way or the other and like there's people saying oh india have curated it to suit themselves of course they have yeah no shit it's their home ground prepare it to how you want it if you have you know ravi ashwin who's one of the uh, best spin bowls in the world and axar patel who's the second coming of uh morally fucking why not curate yeah. it when India rock up to the Lord's test this English summer and see a dust bowl, <laughs> then I'll take England's criticisms legitimately. But until that happens... Yeah, England are um, going to be bowling at Lord's with five fast bowlers. Joe yeah, stiff shit. Get a bowl. Well, that's another talking point from this test. England went in with four seamers, if you include Ben Stokes. Yeah, that was... On that pitch and in Indian conditions, that's absurd. I know it was a day-night test pink ball but it was it was a tactical error and they paid the price yeah well yeah at the end of the day you just look at the indian second innings none of them even touched the ball i know it was seven overs or whatever it was but like they they realized it got so bad they brought four seamers and they were just like you know what you know who needs a ball joe root root yeah root Root needs a ball yeah phrasing (laughs) um but yeah, uh, uh, how, 
We got one more test? Two? Yes. And yeah, one more. And where it leaves Australian fans um, is in the incredibly awkward position that we need to barrack like hell for England. Uh, I'd rather lose. Yeah. England winning is the only way that Australia can make the World Test Championship final. Otherwise, it'll be India and New Zealand. Oh, right. So there's no play-in tournament or anything. No. So it's straight to the final. Because we're not playing any more tests because the South Africa one's got called off. Yeah, right. Uh, are they any chance? Like They they won the first one. Yeah, but will they pick a decent lineup? Is uh, who's it? Is Moeen Ali still around? No, he's been sent home to rest for the T20s, I think. Um, no, well, what what England need to do is win the toss and bat like they did in the last test. Um, and Root just needs to make runs. I think it's as simple as that. That's what happened in that first test. He made big runs and they won. Does a draw help us? No. Right, so England need to win. England need to win. Yep. That's bad. If if England had have won the series two one, that would have worked, but not India winning two one. Right. So you're telling me uh, Joe Root needs to make uh, two hundred in the first innings and then bowl forty five overs, at least. Yeah. All right. So he's cracking fifty and he's going, you know, ten for eight. I mean, for I couldn't see that being an issue to be honest. He's yeah. got it in him. Yeah. Oh, mate, he's uh, second coming of. Trying to think of other good spin bowlers, but just like uh, Abdur Razak, my Bangladeshi boy. Right. Um, I'm trying. No, for some reason, I'm just trying to think of um, Sri Lankan spin bowlers other than Murali. Herath. It doesn't. Rangana Herath. Ah, yeah. Who else? Who have we got? uh, South African spinners. Paul Adams, the frog in a blender. Paul Adams. If you haven't seen his bowling action, look it up. I'm going to look that up right now. Um, yeah, what are, what are the South African spinners? JP Dumini bowled a little bit of very, very mild off spin at times. Mild off spin. Um, yeah, outside of Asia, there's probably oh, not a whole lot. Oh, Oh, he's just seen the frog in a blender. <laughs> he like hops. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. He's like four foot two. Oh my goodness. Did he retire great... back issues? <laughs> yeah. I think he retired to be put in an aquarium. <laughs> No, he retired to be uh, the lead star in Princess and a Frog. There it he is. He plays, plays the princess. Yeah, obviously. Uh, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. That's in a couple of days, that test. So go England. Uh, Watch your mouth out, young man. <laughs> and I will rinse it with whatever I've got in front of me. Wine. What do you got, a Pinot Grigio? Savvy B. Samuel Sav Blanc, yeah. Samuel Samuel Blanc, a classic. A classic. You, I can see you just downing shots. What are we doing? Tequila? Nah, not actual shots. It's soju. <laughs> soju. Yeah. Oh, never again. It was uh, three for 30. 
at the, uh, the, the local grocery. Those stupid, stupid green bottles. Yeah. Uh, they're so good. It, they, they, I've got drunk on Soju once. I think it's the worst hanger I've ever had. I could drink this till the cows come home and then I'll just like black out. Like, I haven't yeah, had that much to drink. It tastes like water. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, one particular night on Soju, but we won't get into that now. Oh, uh, well, Soju, always a good time. Do you have any more in the way of cricket? Um, well, just what everybody's been waiting for a cricket 19 update. Cricket 19 update. Um, been bowling well. I'm still playing for Victoria. Um, I've been scouted all, yet. All forms of cricket. I've been scouted by still being scouted by the English lot. So I think, what am I in? January 2021, I think. Um, so I'll probably be playing in the English summer. And then... Who are you being scouted by? Lakes? It, it just says English county teams. So, you know, maybe I'll get a knock for what, Sussex or whatever. Sussex, Lancashire. Yeah, the, the classics. Who did Warney play for? Uh, Nottinghamshire? Was yeah. It, was one it not? One of the shy. Um, They're all the same. But my best performance yet um, was against Queensland. I bowled six for 29 off of 32 overs. Oh, a regular Joe Root. Yeah. Um, well, Joe Root would do it in four overs and, you know, sleep with your missus on the way out. So. <laughs> and then get punched in a bar by David Warner. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, jeez, there's a story I've forgotten about. I forgot that happened. Ah, uh, the um, the dust up in the tunnel. Yeah. No, in the tunnel. No, it was in a bar. Oh, was no, was that? Before, there was, was a dust up in the tunnel, and then they went out for a bar fight. Oh, maybe I can't remember. Six years ago now. Yeah, well, ancient. Longer? No, eight years ago. It was thirteen. Bonga. Bonga. Um, yeah, good shout. Wow. Back in the days. Yeah, those the good days, I think. Yeah. What was 2013? That was year 10. Those were the days. Those were days. They were days. They were days, for sure. Um, well, I've got nothing else on cricket. Have you got uh, any? <laughs> anything else? Well, I've got a Nickelback quote for you. Uh, are we ready for the Nickelback lyric of the week? I am. Look at this graph. <laughs> it's getting longer. Yeah, I'm just going to add seconds of guitar at the end. <laughs> <laughs> In a month, it'll go for a minute. Look at this graph. And then just the same bar. Okay. Far too pretty to be giving it cheap. That's why she's making six figures, working three days a week. Yeah, she'd even break a promise in the promised land. She didn't make it this far by just shaking hands. I don't think if Nickelback came out with their early thousands discography right now, I don't think that'd fly. This was 2008. 
Yeah, that's true. But like, actually, have you seen the new um, the Britney documentary? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. There's like all that going on, and then like you know you've got the whole Weinstein thing, and you got the Kevin Spacey <laughs> thing, and you just like you listen to these lyrics, and you're just like, Ooh, probably not flying. But you know what? They still slap. They do slap. Oh, there's so many good ones I could go with. It's just a never-ending goldmine of Chad Kroger's dirty mind. Um, and you know what? There's a sting. There's <laughs> This sting will always be here, and it will be getting longer every single time. Good. I look forward to it. As it should be. Um, and with that being said, who? Who? Wrong button. I don't think that's the right one. Both the buttons are red. Thank you for listening to the first part of the last four podcast. Stay tuned for the next part where we find out if Jamal's kept his job. After his button mishap. Catch you in the next one.